0: Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Cotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for September 30th, 2022. Today's topic is Mindfulness Experience, Moving from Toxic to Terrific by Intentionally Helping Staff to Reboot, Reset, and Reframe. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at Benchmark Portal any time of the day. And now with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore.
1: Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. You know, among the things that have come out of the pandemic with the hiring and retention issues the contact centers face is a closer look at how leadership impacts performance, satisfaction, and healthy workplaces in our sector. And that's why I wanted to bring in someone who's been focusing on mindfulness-based leadership performance and engagement. He's a published expert on the topic, my friend Keith Fiveson. Welcome to the Mm -hmm. show. I'm delighted to be talking to you today, Keith.
2: Likewise, Bruce. It's uh, great to talk to you, and uh, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be here and uh, speak to your audience as well.
1: Okay, great. I know that they're going to learn a lot from this, and, you know, Keith is the founder of the Work Mindfulness Institute. He's also the author of a best-selling book, The Mindfulness Experience, Eight Strategies to Live Life Now, and uh, the great thing is that Keith spent over 30 years in the call center and customer experience industry, our industry, uh, retiring from Pricewaterhouse in 2016, where he was a leader in the contact center globalization sector, and uh, we used to meet up with each other on a pretty regular basis before the uh, pandemic hit and even mm-hmm. were keynote speakers together uh down in Mexico for a conference down there. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh we didn't have to uh we didn't have to get crazy or uh, get, drink too much tequila. We actually uh had a good time without <laughs>
1: any of that stuff, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as I said, we've known each other for years, and uh, you know, I'll mention that uh, Keith is also an Army veteran and two-time cancer survivor Thriver, so hats off to him. Uh, he's also a big advocate for healthy living. So first, mm-hmm. first Keith, let, let's make this real for our listeners, uh, mm-hmm. who, as you know, are mainly contact center professionals. What is mindfulness-based leadership performance, and why do you think it's important for our audience to know about?
2: Well, I think it's incredibly important because we're all human beings and we're all trying to be the best that we can be. At least uh, people are doing their best. Uh, You know, we've just come through probably one of the most difficult times in our history. Uh, We have certainly in the U.S. over a million people that have died. Uh, We uh, have looked at uh, some confinement issues, some health issues, some restraint issues. There has been a lot of uh, trauma And there's been collective trauma that's impacted us on a personal basis, on a family basis, on a community basis, and really not only on a national basis, but on a global basis. So you can't really hide from trauma. It's either implicit or explicit, and it impacts our leadership, uh, you know, the people who are in leadership as well as the people that are working for them. So it's really important to move from toxic to what I call toxic to terrific, to be able Mm -hmm. to go ahead and be present, to show up, to be calm, clear, and connected, and to really do your best when you're on the phone or you're, you know, engaged with your fellow employees and or your leadership, and you're able to go ahead and provide them with the kind of modeling and the kind of regulation, the kind of, you know, em, emulation, if you will, that, uh, you know, we're
1: all really looking for in terms of good customer experience. Mm. Yeah, no, there's a lot there to impact in what you just said. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm reminded of what someone, uh, one of my colleagues told me years ago, which is leadership means never having an off day. And that is mm-hmm. an impossibly high <laughs> uh, thing to try to, to reach for. But actually, it sounds like the techniques that you are concentrating on help in trying to reach that goal, even if we can't be perfect at it, at least in trying to to reach that goal. Can you sort of give us some insights on that? Sure. Uh, You know, one of the things that
2: uh, we're really clear about is when you take a look at stress. Stress alters the rational thought and the cognition process that individuals have. So, When we're stressed, it hinders our helping behaviors. It diminishes the ability to learn new things and the ability to remember new things. Um, You know, it increases the overall decision-making bias. So we get more biased and we become more judgmental in the process. And it also reduces the creative thinking. So, you know, if you have a group of people that are relaxed, that are calm, clear, and connected, you'll tend to see a greater uh, opportunity of helping behaviors, more learning and memory capabilities, the ability to use systems, the ability to go ahead and navigate technology, the ability to go go ahead and really feel the other person at the end of the line, as I always used to say, and I still believe it 's true uh, other than face to face contact, the closest you can get to a person is in the contact center environment because you have that person in your ear, you can really hear the nuances and the emotional tim- timbre of their voice in a way that really uh, can either help or, you know, inhibit the kind of helping behaviors and the kind of call the outcomes, if you will. So by uh, allowing people to get regulated, uh, what we wind up doing is we have a, a series of breathing capabilities, breathing exercises that we not only teach the leadership teams to, what we call reboot, reset, reframe their minds to really get in touch with what's going on internally, to take a breath, to go ahead and be connected to the individual in front of them so that they can go ahead and be present and do their very best and get the kind of outcomes that they're hoping for.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. You know, in listening to what you were just saying, I thought of three levels of, Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of engagement that our listeners probably have to engage in almost every day. One is with their management team, uh, with Mm -hmm. their frontline agents, and then with their clients and or their customers, the customers who call Mm -hmm. in. And you were talking about the relationship with the customer, which is very, uh, you know, immediate because you're actually having a verbal interaction with them. And then, if you could just talk about the manager doing the things that you're talking about vis-a-vis the frontline agents and vis-a-vis their management team when they're meeting with and communicating with their management team, I think that would be really good. Because, uh, mm-hmm. again, the uh, what you're, you're talking about seems to me, too, to involve two somewhat contrasting things. One is to distance yourself from – emotions that can be negative and harmful and at the same Mm -hmm. time being more engaged and closer Mm -hmm. in terms of your relationship with both your own feelings and the people that you're relating to at the management Mm -hmm. and frontline agent level. So anyway, I'll just leave you with that and see what, what you're thinking about that is. Well, I think you're right. I think there's,
2: you know, when somebody calls into a contact center, you know, they're really looking for help or support. Uh, In one way or another, otherwise, you know, they would probably do it in a digital, uh, you know, in a digital channel or, you know, they're really sort of at their left end, So they're hoping that the individual at the end of the line can really hear what's going on and really solve the problem. So there's an opportunity to be present there. But what you're talking about, you know, and what we talk about in terms of mindfulness-based leadership is that state of being truly present, aware of oneself, and sensitive to one's reactions in stressful situations. You know, leaders who are mindful are not numb. You know, they're more effective because they understand and they relate to others and they're able to motivate others based on their behaviors. You know, within uh, what we do is we co-regulate with each other. So within a, a framework of leadership, what's happening is that the leader is providing the is regulating, uh, you know, the, the, the tone and the, the overall capability of the organization. So leaders who are not only calm, clear, and connected but are vulnerable that are able to go ahead and talk to their frustrations, their issues, whatever is going on, and, and recognize what's going on are actually much more effective because what mm-hmm. they're able to do is they're talking to it. They're not acting out on it. They're talking to it, so they're able to recognize it, and they have emotional literacy. And that's very, very effective within an organization because what it does is it teaches people. It educates. It teaches people how to manage their thoughts, their emotions, and their feelings. It also improves people. It improves the quality uh, of the health of the organization. People are able to relate to each other as people, not as machines, not as some you know, kind of, you know, I've got to make my quality and productivity number. I've got to go ahead and make my numbers, you know. And it also enhances the contribution that people have to make in the organization because they feel like there is a place that is actually helping them to improve.
1: Yeah, that's you know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about a client I had a number of years ago, in fact, uh, back in mm-hmm. Italy. And uh, he was definitely very good at showing vulnerability, but he didn't do it the right way. So we might just talk about that for a second. Uh, he actually would share with us his frustrations, but he'd do it in a very sort of angry and self-angry way. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't seem to uh, do this. It makes me so mad that blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's not obviously healthy. What you're talking about is something that is healthy in the sense that you're sharing, but you're sharing in a way that's not going to put people off. It's not going to make you think that make them think that you're unbalanced or unable mm-hmm. to cope with things. But rather, uh, setting out the facts, the information that mm-hmm. people need to know in order to help you do your job better. Um, any any right. thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, listen, you know, none of us are perfect. And the idea is really understanding that within the context of communication, it's really, you know, uh, there's the, that whole model of communication. I say something to you, you wait back, you say, say that you've accepted it, I hear what you're saying. So there's a space in between that, you know, we call it stimulus and response there's a space in between that stimulus and response for recognition and choice. So I could say something to you, and, you know, we've known each other for a while, and this has actually happened in our communication, where, you know, I'd say something to you and it lands on you in the wrong way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're uh, emotionally astute enough, or maybe your reaction is not the right reaction that I was hoping for or looking for, and you respond to me in a way that, really tells me so maybe there's a look on your face or whatever but the vulnerability there is for me to go ahead and say you know what i'm not sure i said that the right way can i have a chance to make you know say it a little differently because it's important that we have this relationship and that you understand me and i understand you so there's Uh that space there where you're able to go ahead and be a human being you're able to go ahead and you know, show your vulnerability. There's active listening. There's positive feedback. There's corrective feedback, right? There's some coaching opportunities there. There's the ability to influence, if you will. And you know, there's a process around that that really allows people to hear and be seen. Uh, you know, you're, it's active listening. It's active and it's active, li- and it's active uh, speaking. It's it's mindful speaking using you know, words that are constructive rather than destructive.
1: Yeah, no, I think those are very important inputs there, because there may be some people listening to us now who said, you know, I've tried this uh, showing my frustration and vulnerability bit, and it hasn't worked. And maybe you haven't done it the right way. So I think that's a useful thing to consider and to, uh you know, understand that that sharing needs to be done the right way, or it can, in fact, be off-putting for people on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you about something else here, because a lot of people that are in our audience are adjusting to hybrid situations where they have people who are in the center part of the time, at home part of the time, and some who are actually adjusting to fully at-home situations. this won't be something that's you know, brand new. It didn't happen yesterday. They've been dealing with it for some time, so I, I just want to acknowledge that. But mm-hmm. in terms of what you've seen, because not everybody necessarily has really gotten totally comfortable with the new way of doing things, but in terms of uh, adjusting your style and adjusting your leadership capabilities to these mm-hmm. new realities, are there some thoughts that uh, you have, Keith, that could be helpful?
2: Yeah, um, I really believe that, you know, we're moving from a, uh, you know, from a culture of uh, business, if you will, to, you know, more human-based, more uh, vulnerable-based recognition. You know, I I think the conversation is much more uh, open, really understanding that people have lives, people have interests, people have vulnerabilities, they have kids, they have you know, things that they need to attend to that we all have lives. And yet at the same point, we all want to be in a community and we all want to share. So I think that, you know, the opportunity to invest in, uh, you know, the leadership, to invest in themselves first and then to also invest in their people to increase their knowledge, their skills, and their capability to build this community culture to go ahead and really – Uh, allow a space where people can come together and really share about what's going on in their lives, allows that opportunity for connection. So this is one of the areas where we're able to go ahead and leverage, you know, the opportunity to really hold, you know, I will use the word hold sacred, you know, because every moment that we get together, you know, we're seeing increasingly more and more within the, this, you know, this collective trauma, we're seeing more and more that things are sacred. You know, life is sacred. Our work is sacred. The people that we're working with are sacred. You know, the things that we're doing are really important. And the work that we're doing helping people, you know, especially when they've got problems, especially when the organization provides some kind of a service or some kind of a product that really helps that person, and they're frustrated. The work that we're doing is really of value. So, bringing the people together, providing that mental and emotional support for themselves, as well as, you know, giving them some tools to deal with stress, to reduce friction, to look at ways of handling distraction, to, again, do this reboot, reset, reframe, is going to be helpful not only for the individual's well-being but also for the performance of the team. And that's, Mm. I think, where the leadership has to go, it's, again, I think a little bit more uh, moving from that theory X, numbers, 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 to more community. We're all in it together. Let's go ahead and do the, you know, where is our part? How can we go ahead and flatten the organization a little bit and be less hierarchical and more communal?
1: hmm Okay. And uh, Keith, I could uh, feel that uh, Masters in Divinity and interface Studies that you have (laughs) as well uh, coming through there with the uh, emphasis on the sacred. And and, and that's Mm -hmm. all important. I mean, really, we have to pull this stuff together because that is the kind of uh, balanced life that the people who are working for us more and more are insisting upon. And frankly, if we are able to deal with it and master it, we're going to be happier too. So um, (laughs) can you think of a couple of leadership tools that you've seen that may help out? I'm just thinking of, for instance, those centers who have a hefty chunk of their people who are remote or who are remote much of the time and who uh, allow their people to get together on Zoom-type tools so that they can uh, have – relationships outside of work, outside of work time, and that substitutes for, you know, going to the cafeteria together or doing something like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we do is
2: we uh, really encourage communal work. And when I say communal work, uh, you know, setting up a break room, going ahead and giving people some of the tools that we uh, provide, which really focus on, areas that strengthen the capabilities of the organization. The skills that individuals get are based on what we call a pyramid design. Uh, There are various trainings and exercises that you can deploy from a leadership viewpoint to really help not only the leaders, the management, the middle management, and the teams themselves really get the skills. There are skills around breathing, for example, Uh, you know, helping to calm the body and the mind, learning how to take deep breaths and learning how to take uh, uh, counted breaths that allow you to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, allow you to quiet down this area of the brain called the default mode network, which is, which is that chatter, that referential side of the brain, and allow you to really calm down. There are some awareness tools that really help uh, individuals to notice and shift perception and shift their overall perspective, Uh, and that's very, very helpful within the organization as well. There's some attention skills that help them to direct and sustain attention, so that's, you know, uh, really important if you're focusing or you've got a, you know, some problems or you're in an organization that's in the tech area and you're really going ahead and, and, and troubleshooting a problem in that organization. Uh, There is some work around uh, values, really understanding values from an emotion and a behavioral viewpoint, and that really helps to uh, align the organization towards a common vision, towards a common, you know, values, if you will, because when when we all share the same values and we're at the organization, we have those values, then the team generally works better together. And then there's some other tools around insight which really are like creative tools that really allow the team themselves to be creative, to come up with ideas. Hmm. What if ideas? Where will we be in five years? What, what, what role can I play? So there's that opportunity for wisdom and foresight. You know, within the consulting model, we talk about, you know, hindsight, insight, foresight. So, you know, being able to see where we've been, being able to be present where we are, and being able to have the foresight to work together towards a common goal really allows us to aspire. Uh, One of the things I want to go back to is your comment about the sacredness, me using that word sacredness. And, you know, they say that, you know, the only thing that really is eternal, the only thing that's truly eternal in this world right now is now. That is the eternal moment. It always is. So if we're able to come back to the moment, to reboot, reset, reframe, to be present, to be in our full potential of what we can possibly create together, then we're able to really create the kind of future. We're able to work towards whatever that future is in a very positive way. We're able to clean up the mess so we don't have any regret in the past we able to go ahead and be present as best as we can so we don't have any anxiety about the future. And if we're doing the best we can at this moment, it's pretty certain that the future is going to turn out pretty well.
1: Well, that's great. That's very, very hopeful, too, very, um, you know, inspiring when you think about it. And when you think about the tools that managers need to have to do this, a lot of it is within themselves, obviously, just mm-hmm. in terms of uh communicating, understanding and then you know, uh taking in things, suggestion, suggestion box, that's a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh zoom we already talked about. Gamification in certain settings could be ways mm-hmm. of uh start building Ha-ha the culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, have fun, right, and build the culture that we're looking to do there. And then uh listening and acting is one of the things that oftentimes uh, goes by the wayside. So I was in a center where we did um, uh, interviews with the agents, and we also did a survey of the agents. One of the things Mm -hmm. that came out, like every 10th survey said, you know, we'd really like to have an ice machine in the break room, okay? This isn't a big tool. This isn't a big thought. This isn't a big Mm -hmm. thing. But it turned out for them You know, in terms of the leadership, if the leadership showed all the other things that we've been talking about and put an ice machine in the break room, you know, what would the impact of that be? Because they would be also showing their leadership through reacting and through uh, satisfying Mm. some of these needs. They did it. We suggested that they not only put the machine there, but say, thank you for giving us this idea through the surveys, okay, <laughs> so that they knew that that survey wasn't just uh, an exercise. It was, in fact, something they listened to and acted upon. And mm-hmm. the uh, morale, which had been quite low and we thought was going to go up because of other reasons, actually really went up because mm-hmm. of the ICE machine. So just those great? things in mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. I was uh, I, I was on the I was just uh, speaking with
2: uh, a leader uh contact center BPO leader uh recently who uh put in place a, a overall uh contest uh organizationally with all the employees to go ahead and pitch the way that the organization could you know pitch pitch the leadership on the next you know the best, next big idea the way to go ahead and improve the organization the way to go ahead and uh, really change the organization and then they have a pitch fest so you mm-hmm. know there are these there are these opportunities where you flip the switch you flip the script and you're able to go ahead and really put your people in your place and allow them to go ahead and take charge if you will and you can do it in a way that's very creative and you give mm-hmm. them and you empower them with that capability so that they're really a part of the solution rather than You know the problem.
1: Yeah. So that's perfect. And let let me just insert this. Okay, being mindful of uh, different personalities, different generations in your center. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is something that a lot of uh, managers talk to us about, and they have challenges with with regard to the millennials and Gen Z in particular, Um, and fitting that into our discussion today how would you do that what are the things that you've seen that are particularly important for our listeners to be thinking about well you know we talk about mindfulness experience
2: Uh, that's the name of my book and uh, you know within that book there's a framework that we've got it's eight strategies and really within the strategies is a fully integrated uh, capability to not only build your life, but to help you with your organization. And when Mm -hmm. we take a look at the, uh, you know, Gen Z or any of the uh, the current issues today, a lot of it is involved or a lot of it is around, and you pointed out one particular example, it's around the environment that they work in. You know, is the environment, uh, you know, does it provide uh, the opportunity to build relationships Does it provide aspirational opportunities? Because, you know, I really want to go ahead and make a difference in the world. I don't want to just get a check. I really want to, you know, find out why am I working here? What's the aspiration? What's the goal of this organization other than to just make money and for me to get my, you know, my numbers? So they want Mm -hmm. to be a part of something bigger than, you know, and we all do. I mean, that's the aspirational you know, goal that we wanna really make our mark on the world. And we can see, given that, you know, we talked about collective trauma, we can see that those issues really bring up some really, you know, deep, intense kind of subjects, you know, which is I'm I'm not gonna be around anymore. You know, I I wanna go ahead and, you know, become a digital nomad. I wanna go ahead and work, you know, in Bali and be on my computer and enjoy life. So what we really need to do is create experiences for our employees, for our people, and really tell them that they're a part of the community, that we've got an environment for them, that we're going to help them with self-development, we're going to help their mind, we're going to help their body. We've got yoga classes or we've got stretch classes or we've got things that will help them with their family, taking care of their kids. We've got the opportunity to come together together you know, whether or not in in some countries, you know, having prayer time is very important. You know, in other Uh countries, it's not prayer time, it's maybe meditation time, or it's mindfulness time, or it's some, you know, uh, even environmental walk time, you know, and then Uh the ability to have food, you know, have nutrition. A lot of places are offering healthy alternatives. And even, you know, there are areas where you are able to refresh and reboot. So all of these eight areas are in my my book. You know, it's it's really about the mind, the body, the spirit, the ability to refuel, uh, you know, use food and nutrition in a very productive way and to reboot, you know, really in terms of your rest or your recharging. And then on the outside area, it's about the environment, the relationships, and the aspirations. So if you take all those things together from an integrative viewpoint, you've got really the... Mechanisms, if you will, for being a a whole integrated individual, and in those communities, that's what I think people are looking for. They're looking not for a job. They're looking for refuge. They're you know you spend more time at work than you do at home. Often, you know, you're you're home for two or three hours and then you go to sleep and you go back and you do it again. When you go to work, you really want a place that you can feel like you're, you know, you're living your dream.
1: Right. Right, with your family, or with a, a work family, if you will. Well, yes. just uh, we're getting toward the end of our time together here, Keith, but um, let me ask you this last question. Uh, you were a contact center consultant for Price Waterhouse for years. So here's an if-only-I-had-known question <laughs> for you. And if there was one thing you understand today that would have made your clients at the time more successful as leaders, what would that one thing be? Mm. To really involve
2: your people within the process, the, you know, we talked about people process technology to really involve your people within that process. It's not only about the people that you're serving, but it's about the people that you're, you know, that are part of your team. We, we give a lot of lip service to saying, you know, how people, how important our people are. Uh, but, you know, to really involve them within the developmental process to be open to talk about your, you know, your, your, your balance sheet, your, you know, how you're doing on a quarterly basis and, and or a monthly basis, and to really give them some ownership in that process because people want to belong and people want to contribute. And that would be the one thing that I think uh, you know, organizations can do. And it doesn't cost a lot to do that. It's just a shift in terms of the framework and the mindset.
1: Perfect. Okay, I think on that note, uh, we will f- finish up and I'll hand things over to Alan. Is, are there any last Great. things you want to say before uh, we hand things back to Alan?
2: No, I just want to say how nice it is to uh, reconnect with you and, uh, and thank you again for having me on the show and uh, if anyone would like to get a hold of me, I'm available at workmindfulness.com and of course, uh, you know, a lot of that will be available, I'm sure, on your website. But again, thank you so much and uh, I appreciate it, and I, uh, you know, it's good uh, it's it to be here.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank, thanks so much. There's a lot of great insights there, a lot of good uh, thoughts that I'm sure our uh, audience will be able to, to utilize in, in a positive way. So thanks very much for that, Keith. Okay, over to Alan to wrap things up.
0: Thanks again to Keith and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archived shows on Hot Topic at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 13 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Potter signing out. Have a great day.